1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from REMAX Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. The hot topic in real estate these days is the rental market. Sure is. And joining us to discuss the National Rent Report is Paul Dennison. Paul, welcome back to On The Market. Thanks, Asif. Always great to be here. I know the uh, latest numbers have just come out. Tell us a little bit about uh, the highlights and and what you have found. Well, the numbers slowed down a little bit this month, year over year. Uh, In in Canada, the rents went up uh, 6.5% over last year at the same time, which in April, that number was 9.6 and has been a a double-digit number for a good long time, like 16 months. So while they're slowing down, rents are still high. You look at Toronto, you're gonna pay $2,500 for a one bedroom and about $3,300 for a two bedroom. Yikes, those are steep numbers. What about in terms of York region? What can you tell us specifically about our area? Well, rents have continued to rise there too. Uh, Let's just take a look quickly at Vaughn, uh, the numbers show uh, a one-bedroom going for $2,250, a two-bedroom, $2,650. Year over year, that one-bedroom is up almost 26%, and for the two-bedroom, it's up 17%. Richmond Hill, uh, you're, you're going to pay about a little over $2,000 for a one-bedroom and $2,500 for a, uh, a two-bedroom. And if you're looking at just apartments and condos only, uh, Vaughn is up 15% year over year and Markham is up 18% year over year. And and when we're talking affordability and the reason people choose to rent, uh, obviously one of them is affordability. These numbers are pretty steep. How do you compare them to the rest of the country? Well, I'd rather I'd rather be in Toronto than Vancouver, but almost nowhere else. Um, it's it's really expensive. I think we're as I think rents are going to continue to to rise, but there's going to be a point that uh, they the market just won't be able to handle such high rents. And what can you tell us specifically about some of the numbers across the country in Vancouver, as you mentioned, or in other cities in Canada? Well, Vancouver has been leading the way with the highest rents for a good two years. Uh, a one-bedroom there is $2,800. A two-bedroom is approaching $3,700. Um, you look at Montreal, it's uh, a lot more affordable there, obviously. Um, <clears throat> they have a lot more stock, and it's known as the renter city. So it's definitely going to be cheaper there. You're going to get one bedroom for about uh, sixteen fifty and a two bedroom for about uh, twenty one eighty, so much cheaper there. But you look in, uh, uh, at the Prairie provinces, for instance, Calgary. Calgary's rents have shot up quite a bit, but 
Um, you still get you still get a room, uh, a one bedroom for sixteen hundred, and a two bedroom for about two thousand. Some of the more uh, or least expensive places are going to be Winnipeg and Edmonton, where you're paying like thirteen hundred to I don't know maybe down to uh, twelve hundred for a one bedroom in those two cities and a, a two bedroom. About fifteen hundred for for both. So there are cheaper rents, but rents have been going up in all those cities too. So when we're looking at supply, Paul, it really seems to be struggling with the rentals, and that has really caused the prices to increase as much as they have. How do you see immigration playing a role in this, and and how are they affording to be able to rent these properties? Well, that that's a tough one. Immigration um, plays a big part. Um, and just this year alone, uh, Canada plans to welcome in 465,000 new residents. Um, good for the economy, good for diversity. Uh, but the country basically is, is saying, welcome to Canada, but good luck finding a place to live. Um, there... There's just not enough supply for all the demand that we have. Immigration plays a part. You know, you have inflation. People are staying in the same place because home prices are rising. And then last week we just had a uh, 25-point interest rate increase, which took us to a 22-year high of 4.75. And then I read today that uh, there may be two more interest rate hikes on the way. And Paul, those consumers who are looking for a rental property, are they finding themselves in bidding wars like those who are looking to purchase a property as well? In some cases, yes. Mm-hmm. It depends on where you want to live. You know, the more desirable places, you're finding bidding wars, especially in Toronto and especially in uh, in Vancouver, where the supply is just so tight. But but you're also finding it in uh, places like Halifax and now even Calgary. And how do you find the transition between the different types of rents for uh, detached homes versus the one-bedroom, two-bedroom that you were talking about? Well, I think the detached homes are a little bit harder to come by. There's not as many of them on the market, um, and they're going to cost you a whole lot more. So when you're looking for a detached home, I think you have to be willing to be able to move to be able to have a longer commute. Uh, they're just more difficult to find than the, the one, two-bedroom apartments, the condo, or even the townhouse. And I'm assuming with rental supply being so limited that renters are, you know, they're having trouble finding the one bedroom. They might be, you know, resorting to renting a room or a basement apartment or something like that. Is that what you're finding out there? Most definitely. There's been a, a, definitely an uptick in, in roommates, and we actually even started to track that because it hasn't been uh, as big as it is now. So what we found in, in May, if you're looking for uh, a roommate, that's still going to cost you well above $1,000. And in Toronto, it's about $1,300. And do you feel short-term rentals have really taken away from the supply of rental properties for families? Is that what's causing 
a bit of the a shortage in supply and, and the increase in demand? I think it adds to it, certainly. And I think more so in the cities uh, where people go for vacations. Um, if you look at Kelowna, I mean, I think it's a huge issue there because um, that's a vacation destination for a lot of people. But it is in Toronto, too. Um, and we've seen some regulations. I think that they're going to probably have to be a little bit tighter because it does take away from the long-term supply. And it, it really is affected when you're in a, a housing crisis like we are right now. So is there an area, a city or a town across this country where affordability or inventory isn't an issue? I would say probably Winnipeg, if you can handle the winners, mm-hmm. uh, would be the, the top spot that's you know a reasonably priced large city to rent in. Um, in, in certain parts of Montreal, like Laval, is a little bit uh, more reasonable. Uh, and and some, some of the areas when you're a little bit uh, farther out from the metropolitan areas in um, Toronto and the GTA, that, that would be Oshawa. Um, in Vancouver, it's Langley and Surrey. Uh, so, you know, you just have to live a little bit farther out from the, the downtown uh, core to find a little bit cheaper rent. Well, you mentioned earlier there may be two more interest rate hikes. What do you predict is going to happen to the rental market if we do see those two hikes? Well, it tightens up even more because people stay on the sideline instead of getting into buying a home with high interest rates. A lot of people are sitting on the sidelines hoping that interest rates will come down. You know, they may even have a down payment, but they just don't want to get into to a situation where you're five plus percent in an interest rate. Um, so it, it's going to play into uh, just more demand and not enough supply. Always great information. Thanks so much for joining us. If people want to read the full report, where can they find it? At rentals.ca at the very top of the uh, site, we have a uh, little tag that's, that's called the uh, rent report. Awesome. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. After the break, the story of the tenant who wants thousands of dollars to leave. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Now, my co-host, real estate expert, Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties. He has a tenant horror story to share. Asif, what are the details? We do, Tina. And, and we've covered this before on the show, and it's about houses being sold and tenants not wanting to leave and, and looking for a payout, so cash for keys. And that's what's happening in this situation. Unfortunately, it's a senior couple that is faced with this, and they're going to have to pay in order to get this tenant out in time so they can close on the home and not default on their agreement of purchase and sale. So walk us through cash for keys. What does that mean? And how is it that homeowners do not have the rights to their own home. 
you know, we're going to have to get into that with our next guest. But yes. uh, the issue right now is in order for them to make sure that they're abiding by all the terms and conditions of the agreement of purchase and sale, they have to provide vacant possession. And providing vacant possession, they're going to have to pay the tenant to leave their house, uh, which doesn't sound very fair, but it seems to be the reality of, of what's happening out there. And Asif, our next guest, has likely heard many of these types of stories before. I'm sure she has, and I'd like to welcome Simona Zaslavsky from Mayfair Law Group. Simona, welcome to the show. Thank you, Asif. Thank you so much, and thank you, Tina. Simona, uh, Tina and I were just talking about uh, a, ten a tenant-landlord horror story where the tenant isn't leaving, and I'm sure this is not new to you. Tell us a little bit about cash for keys and, and what you see happening out there with landlords and tenants when a, a property has sold and the tenant has to leave. So, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the new norm. This is the new norm because there has been an increase of volume in sales and tenants are educated not just through the landlord and tenant board, but through other means uh, with what their rights are or what they could ask for or, uh, you know, what else um, they can possibly do. So what happens is a tenant will post something on Facebook group. There are many Facebook groups. I follow them every night. I read them. I screenshot them. Uh, and they ask people and they ask other tenants. Well, my landlord selling offered me $3,000. Do you guys think it's fair? I screenshot them. It says, no, you should ask for more. No, they're making $2 million on the house. Ask for more money. They are encouraged to stay. They know that the board is backed up. As of May, I think it was May 4th, there is a, about a 40,000 application backlog. And that means that you are sitting in the board for a good 8 to 12 months. 8 to 12, wow. That's unbelievable. And Simona, you know, I know our listeners can't see my face, but I'm just sitting here shaking my head. Mm -hmm. And especially because in this situation that Asif shared, this is an elderly couple. Mm -hmm. Likely the only asset really that they have. Mm -hmm. And here is someone, a tenant, taking advantage of them. Have you seen anything like this type of climate before? Because it seems to be happening more and more often. So I've been doing this for about 15 years. And when we used to go in person, what I would see a lot of is tenants just trying to get a month or two. And the board wasn't as, I'm not saying that they're lax, but I guess with the backlog, they just can't keep up. This wasn't happening like this before, not even close. And, and Simona, what if there were, there's no repercussions for the tenants to do this, right? Right now, a tenant can just say, I'm not leaving until I get paid. But what if it did go to the LTB, to the tribunal? And what if there was a fine that, hey, if you lose Mr. Tenant or Mrs. Tenant, you're going to have to pay a $25,000 fine to the landlord. Would that solve this issue? And, and how do we uh, come across the tenants to say, this is not right? Well, if you're asking them for another 25000 how are you going to get that money from them? Right? So now you've gone to the board, you've spent the money, you've lost out on your rent. It's come out of your pocket. And for the elderly couple, they don't really make that much every month. So you get to that 12-month mark, let's say you get an order, the order is only good for six months, they get a sheriff, everything costs money, they get the sheriff, the sheriff comes in, you got to pay for the locks to get changed, you want to get, you know, you have to pay for the place to get cleaned, 
And now you want to go after them for the administrative fees. Now you want to go after them for everything else. Then you have to find them. That's spending more money. You want to spend money to find where they're living, garnish their wages. You're spending more money on that. So it's it's pretty much a lot of out of pocket. And it just, it's it starts off wrong. And I'm a big advocate. Start everything off right. Start doing everything the right way. As a landlord, tenants, landlord and tenants, I don't pick sides. But as a landlord, you have a certain duty. And it's also about building a relationship with your tenant. Just like friendships, marriages, you and your children, we all have to build some type of relationship with the other person. And a lot of landlords that I speak to, they haven't been to the unit for a year. They don't know what their tenant is doing. They don't bother showing up. They don't bother checking in on them. They just leave it alone. And what happens? They call me when they can't get them out. It's been four months and they haven't paid rent. Well, why didn't you call me before? Why didn't you call me when you started the lease? Let me look over the lease. Let me look over what provisions you have in there. You know, encourage you to do certain things. There's a lot of stuff available out there. There's websites that you can go on to. There's different things that renters can actually apply to that will solidify that relationship with their landlord. But there are those landlords out there that think, you know what, I haven't heard from my tenant, everything seems to be fine, they're currently paying their rent on time, I've got nothing to worry about. Isn't that the type of relationship then that you want between a tenant and a landlord? It doesn't sound like it is. It sounds like you're saying, you know what, make those regular connections, check in regularly, build that relationship. Right. So if I had a friend who really didn't call me for six months, Mm -hmm. I really wouldn't call them. And I wouldn't really put in that effort to care too much about what they were doing. It's the same thing. Ignorance isn't an excuse. We've heard a lot of talk, Simona, about potential reforms to the LTB or even uh, hiring more people to ease the backlog. What does a 40,000 application backlog look like in terms of time, in terms of how long a landlord or a tenant has to wait for their case to be heard? Yes, they're investing money in getting more tribunal members. Unfortunately, the tribunal members don't need to have much background in terms of law. Not saying that everyone needs to be a lawyer or a paralegal or a judge, uh, but they are pretty much just educated on the law and they throw them in. They say, here, go. What have they done? They've hired maybe 40, all for online hearings. Everything is virtual. Uh, it really doesn't clear up the backlog. The 40,000 applications, we're looking at six to eight months minimum. So what is the solution? They said they're hiring more. You're saying it's not enough. What, what to do? In my opinion, we have to let the board clean everything up. Obviously, put more money into it, inject more money into it, and let them clear up the applications, make them certain priorities, make certain applications priorities, go through them. Um, In my opinion, I think the best thing to do is to educate yourselves from the get-go. That's it. Don't come to me four or five months later. Come to me before it even starts. There's so much that is available and can be done. What would be the number one reason someone would come to Mayfair Law Group uh, in in a landlord-tenant issue? What are you seeing, or or your top three? What type of complaints or arguments are you seeing out there? Hmm. Uh, Obviously, the top is, I sold my home. My tenant doesn't want to leave. That's number one. 
Uh, I have a lot of tenants that are calling me. I had a tenant call me today. He actually happens to be a personal injury client and a tenant, um, and he has been living in his unit for 15 years. He pays a fantastic amount, and after COVID hit, his stove and his fridge went, and they just didn't want to fix it. And he had no fridge and no stove for about six months, and they had to pay out of pocket, Uber, uh, eat takeout, refused to do anything. He decided, I'm not paying rent. I didn't pay. He didn't pay rent. He didn't pay about nineteen thousand. We weren't involved at this time. He didn't pay nineteen thousand dollars. They go to the board. The board orders him to pay. So the board orders the tenant to pay back, pay everything back. He buys a new fridge. He buys a new stove. So now he comes to me a year later. The order was in September. He comes to me now and he says, "Now I want my money back. Now I want to sue them. What can I do?" So we do have tenants that come to us with legitimate. Reasons, not that everyone's isn't legitimate, but you know these are these are tenants that are not trying to squeeze any every single penny out of the landlord. Because mm-hmm. you've got those tenants, tenants it sounds like, who are just being greedy. Well, and then you have the opposite. So what happened in Stony Creek about a month ago in Hamilton, where you had the two tenants and the one landlord? Uh, those two tenants have been living there for four years. So they had an application in the board, I believe, and there was mold and they were going to leave in two days. They already secured a different place and they were going to leave in two days. And we can't blame anybody. We don't know who we're going to blame. You know, you can't blame anybody at this point. But the pressure that's on landlords and the pressure that's on tenants is unbelievable right now. Because there is sort of, I'm sorry, Asif, because there's a shortage, right? Supply. Everything. 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 Uh, People are desperate to sell. People uh, have sold and can't get their tenant out. Tenants can't afford rent either. When you're paying $13,000 to $2,000 a month and now you have no choice and pay $3,200, well, some people just don't make enough money. That's just it. They just don't make enough money. They can't do it. So what do they do? They become desperate or not. They go on Facebook. They go on different social media channels and they ask for help. And you get a lot of bad advice from regular people. You do. You get a lot of bad advice sometimes. And when a landlord or tenant doesn't feel heard or doesn't feel that their case is being heard in the right amount of time, how do we prevent something that happened in Stony Creek from happening again now that people are reading about this and and seeing it on the news and maybe getting ideas. How do we prevent it? Like I said, I'm big on building relationships. And you have a tenant, you do the usual credit checks, you know, you call their you call you call the people that they know. Uh, then you do a walkthrough with them. Day one, you do a walkthrough with them. You make sure that the unit is in great working order. You can even have a contractor there if you want, um, doing doing the walkthrough with them, prepare a report. Uh, then there's other avenues. So I'm, I, we don't sponsor these people, but there's, for example, a company called Rent Proof. And what do they do? They take tenants that pay a nominal fee, $3 a month, and every time they pay their rent, it goes towards their credit score. So it gets reported to Equifax, and that actually links the landlord and tenant together. It creates a bond. So they're accountable to paying their rent, and they know it's going to a greater good. So that one day, rent doesn't count towards credit score. Mortgages do, car payments do, but rent doesn't. Hmm. So you know, this is a way for them to come together, 
solidify that relationship. And maybe one day that renter could be a buyer, That's you know? Great idea. And, and Simone, if our listeners want to connect with you and, and if they're tenants or landlords and they need more information or need some help, how do they contact you? Um, so our website is uh, mayfairlawgroup.com and my phone number is right on the website. We also have a wonderful Instagram account where all of our information is there. I check all of the DMs personally, so I'm always happy to answer any questions people have. Thanks so much for joining us and for that great information about the uh, LTB and what's happening. Thank you very much, Asif, and thank you, Tina. You must come back. Your wealth of information. I would love to. Terrific. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Your questions for Asif Khan are next. And we begin with Tom and Markham. Interest rates have gone up, and I hear the lending rate could go up again. I'm nervous about entering the market. What's your advice, Asif? And these are valid concerns, Tom. And, you know, it's something that we hear every day. And with the interest rates going up again, a quarter point, and, you know, I think we're done, but we could see another quarter point, probably, because even though they said, hey, we're in a pause right now, they decided that they needed to raise the interest rate. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, unemployment numbers came out earlier and, you know, they seem to be trending in the right direction or, or where they want them to go. So we'll see what happens. And if we're going to see a quarter point decrease, it's probably not going to be until early 2024. But as far as purchasing a property or waiting, the reality is the prices keep going up. There's no supply. There's no inventory. There's multiple offers, bidding wars, and the demand is still fairly strong. It's cooled off over the last week or so, but it still remains strong where a lot of properties are getting multiple offers and the price continues to climb. So if you're looking at getting into a property, maybe consider speaking to a mortgage professional and going with a two-year term or a three-year term. And that way, you know, later on when interest rates start to calm down or or come down a little bit even, you'll be able to refinance at that time. But if the price continues to go up, you want to get into the market at, at a time where you still can rather than throw money away in rent and then decide that, uh, you know, you don't have enough to put down on a home anymore. So it's always a good time to get into the market regardless of what interest rates are doing because they are going to go up and down over the next, uh, you know, several years. But we can all understand that Tom is feeling uneasy, right? Lending rates are going up. Um, you said the the price of you know getting a home is is going up. So of course you're going to be nervous, even jumping in. Yeah, and again, uh, this is what I was saying. It's this is a, a typical response from many people that are out there trying to get into the market because there's that fear of unknown, and mm. the unknown is what's going to happen to prices, what's going to happen to interest rates. Right now with the rates, you know, if, if it's a, a 1% increase, that's that's a lot. But a quarter point up or a quarter point down doesn't make that much of a difference. And uh, the thing that will make a difference is if that house appreciates 50000 or $100,000, that's going to really hurt. Our next question, Rick from Richmond Hill wants to know if he should stage his home to sell or hire a professional stager. What do you think, Asif? 
I would hire a professional stager. I mean, we, we all decorate our homes as to how we see our homes and, and what we feel is the right way to decorate our homes. But a professional stager looks at it from a mainstream type of view where they're decorating for everybody else. They're decorating for that buyer that's going to walk into your home and fall in love. So my go-to is always professional stager. And there are things that, you know, maybe Rick could be doing right now to prep his home to sell. And I know you love the word declutter. I do love the word declutter. And, (laughs) you know, it's just getting your personal items out of the way. You want people to come in and you want them to envision that house as being their house. They want to, you you want them to move in as they're walking through your home and start imagining where they're going to put their paintings and where they're going to put their mirrors and where they're going to put their furniture. And that's going to, that's not going to happen if you have personal items like pictures or Uh, you know, things that you want in that space there. So you want to declutter, you want to get as much out of that home as possible, or even store it in the basement or in the garage, let the stagers come in and decorate it and have the buyers come in and think that it's their house. I think you answered my question already because I thought, where can I put all my stuff? Yeah, storage, storage units are really popular right now as well. But there's a shortage of storage units Mm. and you know you see a lot of new construction for storage places and everything but still not enough with people moving from larger homes to condos that's what they're doing they're they're renting these storage units and storing things away in there but you know always you can use the garage you can use a, a room in the basement or if your basement's not finished you can put stuff down there and really make sure that the power areas of your home are decluttered and people can walk through and and enjoy them. What about um, a fresh coat of paint? What do you think about that? Fresh coat of paint is great. Cleaning your windows, that, that gets overlooked a lot, but that is huge. Curb appeal, especially now, uh, springtime, summertime, you want to make sure that as people are walking up, the, the grass is trimmed and the flowers are blooming and they're watered. So there's a lot you can do to enhance the curb appeal and also uh, inside the house just with a good cleaning and a fresh coat of paint. And would a stager help with, you know, that fresh coat of paint and cleaning the, the premises as well? Usually the stagers will have a lot of contacts, as will yeah. your realtor. So, you know, lean on your realtor to ask who can help with the window cleaning or uh, even a, a quick landscaping that uh, they can send people in and you can pay them to do that job for you. You're saying it's worth the investment. It sure is, yes. Okay. As a reminder, if you have questions for On the Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? Tina, they can always reach me at 416-985-5426. That's 416-985-CON. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.